Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm your host, Michael Martin, and I am joined by a very special guest. He is an OKC Thunder beat writer for the Daily Thunder, Thunder insider for the franchise and KRS Sports, along with being one of, if not the best pickup basketball players among the Thunder media. Welcome, Brandon Scoops Rabar. Right, that was a great intro, Michael. I appreciate that. Uh, and just so your listeners know, Michael can hoop as well. I do my best. Yeah, we're we're just not allowed to be on the same team. I've noticed, but hopefully it's this next well, media game. It, because they're scared. Yeah, too much spacing. <laughs> yeah, too much spacing. I mean, the record speaks for itself, Michael. That's I think it I'm does. Saying. But well, yeah. one day. Uh, just it's not meant to be right now. But hopefully the next one. But I brought you on, Brandon, because I love your Thunder opinion, your work, and just hanging out with you in the Thunder media room, Thunder dining, and stuff like that. Hanging out at games and. Schedule day was earlier today, recording this on Thursday. It'll release on Friday. But I just wanted to talk about our top five Thunder games we're looking forward to most. Uh, what's your first game? So my number five is February 13th, Orlando. And the reason being, this is the Chet versus Paula Boncaro matchup that was canceled last year. The the Thunder were supposed to be on national TV last year because it was the one versus two matchup. Of course, Boncaro ended up winning Rookie of the Year. I think Thunder fans kind of felt like Chetwood had a really good shot at that. Of course, Jalen Williams uh, was the runner-up. Maybe the Thunder could have had two and three. Who knows? But I don't know if the NBA has ever given a makeup game for like you know a, a national game that was supposed to happen. So I just think it's cool. We'll get to see. Uh, Chet Holmgren versus Paula Boncaro, the number one and number two picks last year. Go at it. That was number five on my list in no order. But day before Valentine's Day, this will never happen because the Thunder aren't fun like this. But please bring back the Valentine's Day Hornets jerseys and just update them for the Thunder. That's all I want to see in that game. Nice. That would be that would be incredible. That'd be the time to do it because it's going to be on TNT. Mm -hmm. Yeah, TNT. The Thunder were one and one against the Magic last year. This was supposed to be a TNT game in Oklahoma City, and it got bumped, like you mentioned. This was actually the first game I was credentialed for, and I remember this was Bull Bull versus Poku for a lot, a lot of the game. Yeah, not exactly the matchup, probably, that they were anticipating when they scheduled it for national TV. No, not at all. But that was a it was a fun game because we got to see Paolo, who just he was so much bigger in person than I expected. I don't remember what I don't know what you remember from that night. Yeah, you're right. His size did just kind of jump off the screen. And maybe it's because Poco was out there on the same court as him. But, uh, you know, he kind of came into the league with that grown man strength. Um, Paulo, very deserving of Rookie of the Year last year. But this Thunder squad and this Orlando squad, I think if I were to rank the best young cores in the NBA, I may have them. I'm not saying this officially, but I may have them number one, OKC, number two, Orlando. So that's another kind of exciting storyline to me to see these two young cores to battle. 
Yeah, on the Thunder side, you know the characters. On the Orlando, you get guys like Franz, Paulo, you get um, Jalen Suggs, who's still coming back, Anthony Black, who's just a lottery pick, Jet Howard, who surprised everybody, Wendell Carter Jr. is still over there. There's still a lot of fun things. I mean, uh, Franz versus Giddy should be really cool. That's a battle of two guys who are in the same draft and around the same range. Yeah, the, and a lot of people compare them as well because, you know, there's there's all the online debates. You know, you have Paula versus Chet, Chet versus Wimby, which we'll get to later, I'm sure. Uh, but Franz versus Giddy is one of those, like, who is the best three players from the 2021 draft? And, of course, you see, you know, whether it be Scotty Barnes, you see Jalen Green, well, not as often now. Uh, you see Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, but Franz and Giddy are right there in that mix. So So you're right. That's a fun matchup as well whenever they play. But then, yeah, Paolo versus Chet. Um, I remember they played once against each other in college, and that was a lot of fun. But just seeing those guys out on the floor, I think, will be really cool. I don't know how much they'll guard each other. I know Dort guarded Paolo a lot of the time, but just how excited are you for Chet versus Paolo? Yeah, I'm really excited for that matchup. And and they have a lot of history. Like you said, uh, they played against each other before, but like even going back to their high school days, like these two dudes have been standouts for years and years, you know, like obviously they were rookies in the NBA last year, well, Chet this year now. Uh, but these two have been big names, kind of like on the high school circuit for for a long time. So to finally see them in NBA action for anybody that's been kind of watching them from afar as they've seen them go up the ranks, it'll be cool to see it, you know, translate to the NBA court. And, you know, Paulo has, you know, one year of NBA seasoning behind him, but Chet he just looks ready to play like he is going to more than hold his own in that matchup. I have no doubt. And, you know, by the time they played that, that specific matchup on national TV, it's towards, you know, the end of the season, all-star break. And, and Chet by that point, I imagine there's going to be a lot of buzz going into that game of, of Chet versus Powell, just because how well I anticipate Chet performing throughout the year. Yeah, hopefully the rust will be off. It better be by game 54, but uh, that's that's an exciting matchup. The one big stat I had from this one, Shea in two games averaged 34 points per game on 54-0-93 shooting splits. He went 0 of 2 that from is, 3. That is insane. And that's what's so funny about a lot of these games. Obviously, like, Chet is kind of like the shiny new toy. Everybody's excited for seeing him for obvious reasons, for good reasons. But at the end of the day... Like, SGA is still the first team all NBA player and and Chet's going to make a difference. Paulo's going to make a difference, but SGA is still going to be the best player on the court. Number one on mine, just in no order, like I mentioned, home opener, home opener versus the Nuggets. Uh, this is game three of the season. First at home, the Thunder went one and three against the Nuggets. The only one they won was when Jokic didn't play. But just getting a measuring stick game against the uh, defending NBA champions, I think will be really interesting. You nailed it. That's number two on my list. Uh, and my exact words, my little notes, the little prep work I did, homework I did that you assigned me, immediately have a measuring stick versus the champs. I mean, it's really cool. Like, first home game, we will see exactly how much this team has improved over the summer by adding Chet Holmgren, by adding Vasily Micic, by adding Kaysen Wallace. Uh, you know, they're adding three rookies from vastly different drafts. Uh, but also the internal development. This is such a young team. We've seen Shea get better after every offseason. We've seen Giddy get better after at least one offseason. Dora gets better. Um, 
it's going to be really, really cool to see Jalen Williams. We only saw one half of one summer league game. He already looks improved. He said he just played that game because he wanted to see if he could still hoop in braids because he got a new haircut. And he passed with flying colors. The dude looked dominant, too good for summer league. So I'm excited to see right off the bat, you know, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray against this young Thunder team. Um, and and especially, I anticipate also a big crowd. I, I think the crowds will be bigger this season. There is a growing buzz about this team, about the excitement with this young core. And it's not just locally. We see it nationally. I mean, obviously, eight nationally televised games on ESPN and TNT. So given Loud City and given the internal development and adding the three new guys, uh, I expect a competitive game, too. I mean, I could be wrong. It is the champs. I get it. It's Jokic. Uh, it'll also be fun just to see how Chet matches up against Jokic because people, you know, they always listen to like, oh, what's he going to do when he faces Embiid or he faces Jokic? But we'll see right away. Yeah, you'll have two of the more skilled bigs in the league just right off the bat. I think Chet's going to be really good. He's not going to be on Jokic's level off the gate, out the gate, obviously, and maybe probably never to that level as an MVP, like guy who projects as a top 15 player of all time. But it'll be really interesting to see those guys go back and forth because Chet doesn't have, obviously, the size, but he has a lot of the length that could at least be potentially, you know, something on Jokic. But it'll it'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely, it will. And then the cross matchups, like, you know, you got little storylines like Shea versus Jamal Murray, you know, both on Team Canada right now. Jamal Murray, unfortunately, not going to play in the World Cup, but, you know, they have the history with that. Uh, you know, you talked about Jokic versus Chet, like Michael Porter Jr., like who who takes him? Is it Dort? Is it Giddy? Is it J-Dub? I imagine like a J-Dub versus Michael Porter Jr. matchup could be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I... I I want to see this team against the champs right off the bat be competitive. They don't have to win the game. Nobody, nobody's expecting or anticipating a win. I mean, they, they could pull it off since it's at home. You never know. It's one game. Uh, but even to see a competitive game, I think we'll put a really, really good note to the opening of the season. I think so, too. And you have, yeah, you mentioned Shea versus Jamal Murray. You get Dort versus Murray, another Canadian one, um, Casey Wallace versus Jamal Murray. I, I don't envy Jamal Murray in terms of who he has to be guarded by that entire night. Yeah, this Thunder team can throw out so many different lineups. That's something that, you know, Sam Presti and Mark Daniel both talked about with, with these guys that are coming in. You know, you could throw out an all-defensive team and throw out like Lou Dort, Wallace, Kenrich Williams, Chet, J-Dub be really, really tough to score against that. But that team can also score themselves pretty well as well. But you can throw out a bunch of shooters now between Shea and J-Dub and Joe and Michic and Chet. That's what's good about J-Dub and Chet. They just kind of fit with every single lineup because they're two-way players, the same with Shea. Uh, so now you can do all these kind of diverse lineups. So whatever the Nuggets throw out there, the Thunder, I'm not saying that they'll beat them at their own game, but but they can match up with with many teams now with all the diversity they have. And we'll see those guys against each other four times this year. I, I laughed out loud because in three games last year, Jokic averaged 24, 13, and 12 on 68, 50, 80 shooting splits. So so he averaged a triple-double on incredible efficiency. I mean, like, that would be a hands-down MVP season. That'd be like, the greatest great. season ever, yeah. <laughs> it would be. It would be. It gets, now, now, how big of a difference do you think Chet will make? Like, I mean, I do think that he, his size, his length, 
and all this. Like nobody's going to shut Jokic down. But the Thunder just didn't have anybody really to throw out there. I mean, like they have somebody now to throw out there. So what what big what difference do you see? I think that you have a better chance if you beat them with pace because Jokic isn't going to run up and down the floor with Chet. But yeah, if you get into a back down game, Jokic has shown he's not one of those guys like Embiid in some matchups where he just gives up the switch and doesn't really punish the smaller matchup. He's going to kill those guys. Jokic will. So I think it's going to be really interesting. The best game of their series from last year was the third matchup when the Nuggets were under, um, I don't know, undermanned and they came into Oklahoma City. They only played nine guys. Jokic had 39, 10 and 9. Aaron Gordon, 31, 8 and 4. Bruce Brown had his first cri- triple double, 17, 13 and 10. The nine guys they played were Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, KCP, Devon Reed, Zeke Naji, Christian Brown, Vlato uh, Kanchar, and Jack White. I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah, no, I didn't realize that either. And, and I'm really curious to see, you know, if Jack White makes the squad or not. He's playing right now with Josh Giddy with uh, Team Australia. And, and I'm glad you mentioned Aaron Gordon because I hadn't even mentioned him yet uh, with, with the cross matchups and things like that. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a loaded Nuggets squad. I mean, they, they were by far the best team in the playoffs this past season. So whatever the result is, you know, whether it's the Thunder are competitive but lose, whether they win, whether they get blown out, you'll kind of know right away, like, okay, so this is where the team is. And they're they're going to get better throughout the season. But at the start of the season, we'll know exactly where this team is. Exactly. So we've gone through, I think, four games because we had two of the same ones in our top. Uh, so I guess what's number three for you? I think that was two for you. Yeah, so that was two for me. Uh, my th- number three is the – this is cheating a little bit. Uh, the Rockets back-to-back sec. They play them back-to-back February 25th and 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the reason this is on my list is because these are two rebuilds that started at the exact same time, but they went completely different paths uh, over this last offseason. Like they, they kind of went in different directions, whereas the Thunder have practiced the uh, stay patient, internal development, let our young guys be what leads us and how we win games. The Rockets went out and spent a lot of money on Dylan Brooks, uh, spent a lot of money on Fred VanVleet, and they decided we want to win now. Now, some of that is because they're intertwined because the Thunder own their picks over the next several years. And they're like, hey, we don't have our picks anyways. We might as well try to win. We have all this cap space. So I get it. I understand it. I'm not saying one way is better than the other, although I do tend to side uh, to what the Thunder are doing right now. But I get it from the Rockets' perspective. But the reason it fascinates me is because I kind of want to see this patient approach versus, you know, this this approach of like, let's win now when they start at the same time. Obviously, the Thunder were much better than them over the last couple of years. Um, but but yeah, I want to see what a difference Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Bleet and those guys make for this Rockets team. Also, side note, you know, over the last few years, there's been a rivalry between Rockets fans and Thunder fans. You look anywhere on social media, online. Uh, so that always kind of helps spark some fun for these games as well. Plus, Amen Thompson. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him as well. Same here. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. It's going to be interesting. I mean, the Rockets, as much of a dumpster fire as they've been, they've given the Thunder problems the last like three years. 
in a real way that Thunder fans like that's been some of the lowest moments for fans is when they lost the Rockets. I think it was last year, the year before and a blowout. But yeah, I'm excited for those ones. Dylan Brooks guards Shea pretty well, but it'll be interesting just to see where uh, both of those teams are at that point and just getting a baseball series like that where it's back to back. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Dylan Brooks because another uh, teammate from the FIBA World Cup session, they're both on Team Canada. Uh, yeah, I, this this Rockets team is fascinating this season. And obviously, Thunder fans should be very invested in what the Rockets do this year because the Thunder own that pick. I would say it's very likely the Thunder are going to end up with that pick because it's top four protected. Uh, the Rockets, three years running now, have picked, you know, two, three, and four. Uh, so I'm, the chances they get it again, they're going to be improved. They purposely improve. So it looks like the Thunder will get that pick. Where will it land? You can kind of help your pick odds by beating them a couple times when they face them in this back-to-back. Yeah, and then you get the eighth pick or something like that. That's just gravy on top of it. I'd be very excited. And then last thing on that matchup, Shingoon versus Chet would be fun. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Shingoon, you know, obviously, offensively, he he's looking really, really good uh, for a young player. I know he's looking really good in these uh, FIBA matchups, these exhibitions, but they're completely different players, really. Like, you know, Chet has so much size. Uh, Shangun, he's a playmaker. He's not really a defender at all. Um, he's a low post scorer. Chet can shoot from outside. Shangun isn't really a, a shooter, but they will match up against each other. So it'll be fascinating to see how they defend each other. Definitely. My next one I have is the, uh, the first ever tournament group play game, the Thunder versus the Warriors. Um, yeah. Will either of these teams play differently in these games or try? Probably not, but they could. They could. <laughs> and uh, over the last 10 years, outside of that one season where they tanked, where they kind of got hit with the plagues of Egypt with all those injuries, um, they've been the standard of the NBA. And I think this is another measuring stick game like Denver for the Thunder to play against one of the more efficient teams, well-coached teams, organizations in the NBA. Yeah, and the Thunder stole one from them last season. You know, that was a fully healthy Warriors squad. I know that the the Warriors won the series set, but the Thunder did steal one, and now they're adding Chet. What's fascinating to me, obviously, you know, Steph and Clay and, and Draymond and all those things, but they're a pretty small team. Like, they're going to be a small starting lineup. You know, everybody talks about how the Thunder don't have, you know, another big besides Chet. Well, this is one of the teams where the Thunder will be the bigger team on the court, like not just the Chet matchup, but one through five, the Thunder should be the bigger team. Uh, It's also an interesting matchup because it's one of the oldest teams in the league versus one of the youngest teams in the league. And it's like the team that was dominant over the last decade and the last era versus a team that wants to be dominant over this next next decade and Aaron who the future is very bright for while the Warriors are trying to kind of for one last run at a title so a lot of fun storylines and of course the history between the two teams yeah Draymond at 6-6 being their big everyone in the Thunder starting lineup except for Dort will be as tall or taller than him right right that's crazy I mean that's just that's just nuts but what's fun for the Thunder is you know one through four yeah, they're big for their 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 positions, but they can still 
you know, run with anybody. Like they have such great length across the board. Uh, I just, you, you look at this matchup, you're like, well, the Thunder have got to out rebound this team. I mean, you figure there's going to be some good block shots. Also, I, I haven't mentioned Chris Paul uh, playing against the Thunder, you know, in a Warriors uniform. So there's going to be kind of like this weird <laughs> with Thunder fans. Like they went from like loved him when he was with the, the OKC Hornets. Then they couldn't stand him when he was with the Clippers and Rockets. Loved him when he's back with OKC. And I think that most fans have kind of cheered on CP3 from afar mm-hmm. uh, because they loved him so much when he was with the Thunder, but now he's with the Warriors. Uh, so, so it's going to think, I think be harder for, for Thunder fans to cheer him on, but I, I still anticipate a big, uh, reception for him. Yeah. A lot of cool matchups in that one. Steph versus Shea, all NBA guards, student versus the master Shea and CP three Dort versus Steph is always fun. See if Kaysen can guard Steph or CP three, the chess match of Mark and Steve Kerr Chet versus Draymond. There's just a lot of fun stuff in that matchup. Yeah, there really is. There really is. And it's a really another measuring stick. I mean, yeah, the Nuggets were the champs, but the Warriors were the champs two years ago, and they were the most dominant team of the decade, and they still have all those players, uh, I mean, besides KD. Um, but yeah, I I think that this is another measuring stick, and it's early on in the season. And plus, like you said, this whole tournament play, that's a whole other you know, aspect of it that's going to be fun. Because honestly, if you're looking like if the Thunder were to somehow – come out of that group the Warriors are the team to be Mm -hmm. yeah it's going to be interesting I mean you also have the revenge factor of the uh, Warriors were the first team in the NBA to vanquish the most unstoppable force in the league and that is starter Aaron Wiggins who was 8-0 until the Warriors finally knocked off the Thunder so hopefully they can get revenge for that good call so you're calling it now? Should the should the Thunder start Aaron Wiggins when they when they play the Warriors? He's a he's he's one and one against him. So I don't you've got a 50 50 shot, but a lot of high octane offense. The Thunder in those four games averaged 124 points and the Warriors averaged 133. So just fireworks all across the board. Wow. And and the Thunder are adding some new that that's the other thing. The Thunder have added three pieces that I think everybody would say, even though they're all going to be technically rookies, um, will improve this team. The Warriors, I mean, they're just getting older. I'm not saying they're still going to be a very, very good team, but one is very obviously on the rise and the other is, you know, kind of on their descent now from dominance. Definitely. Who do you have next up? Next up I have, now this one may be a surprise. Um, I have, I had it ranked number four, November 28th versus Minnesota. Uh, The reason I chose this is because the Timberwolves were who knocked the Thunder out of the playing last year. The Thunder beat the Pelicans in the first playing game. And if they would have beat the Timberwolves, they would have advanced to the playoffs. Again, it's a measuring stick. I want to see how much Chet's size will help them against this Timberwolves team. It's a divisional game, uh, so they'll play them four times. But the big takeaway for everybody, I'm sure when when you tweeted, when I tweeted, when everybody tweeted, was like, the Timberwolves just had too much size. Yeah. I mean, between Gobert and Cat, you know, they, they just overwhelmed the Thunder on the boards and scoring in the post and just kind of doing whatever they wanted with their size. Well, now that the Thunder adds a guy who's 7-1 and has the 7-6 wingspan. That's not going to cure everything. They've got two bigs over there. 
but I do think it will vastly change this matchup. Uh, I just want to see how big a difference it makes when this is the team that knocked them out. Think about the difference in starting lineups. That was the first game of the season last year, and they started Shea, um, Dort, Giddy, Kenrich, and Poku, and now the new starting lineup that'll go out there against them. That is cra- that's a great point. Yeah, people forget Poku started that first game last year. Uh, and that's, not, you know, Poku coming back, and like, will he play? Will he not play? Will he be like, you know, because when we talk about the Timberwolves have two bigs, like obviously J-Dub is going to be the starting four. Uh, and I think he'll play well as the starting four. But when you have matchups against these teams that have two bigs, you know, Dagnall will switch it up. I'm not saying he's going to switch the starting lineup, but will Poku get minutes against Cat? Will or will it be Jay? Will will it be you know? Will they throw out Jang and see what he can do? Like I'm very curious. Besides Chet, like what bigs? There, there's a there's a pack of bigs that the Thunder have. And I think that they want to find out what they have in all those guys this season. So I'm curious to see how they match up against a team with two bigs like this. And that's going to be the first game for Chet back home in Minnesota. So that'll be really cool as well. Yeah, he's he's a proud Minnesota guy. And so, uh, yeah, that, that'll be fun for him because uh, because of the homecoming. And, and he takes a lot of pride in, in being from Minnesota. So I'm sure he'll get a really good reception there that night. And then also on that one, you get a battle of two of the best young guards in the NBA and Anthony Edwards and Shea. I mean, that's just going to be dynamite. Yeah, whenever you see like those start bench cut, it seems like SGA and, and Ant are on a lot of those together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's and and Ant obviously probably the best team, best player on this uh, US FIBA team that's going on right now. So he's coming from that, and maybe we'll get to see them, you know, this summer matchup uh and maybe we'll see that uh who knows maybe uh, two of the best teams obviously so i'm looking forward to, to that matchup as well good call yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun anthony edwards they, i've seen a lot of that on social media people trying to pin those guys against each other of who's better and it's just it's not a big deal but you've got shea with fashion you've got anthony edwards with acting as he was in the the adam sandler movie it's gonna be a lot of fun with those guys Hopefully the Thunder can uh, go out there and make it competitive. And then also, last thing from the play-in, Nikhil Alexander-Walker's returning, and he gave Shea a lot of problems in that last game. He did. You know, that that was probably the number two point. We talked about the size being the biggest takeaway, but Shea's own cousin did him dirty that game. Uh, You know, I don't know if it's because their history, they played against each other for so long, and he knows some of his moves, but... You know, he might have played him better than than anybody played him that whole season. I know Herb Jones played against him pretty well one time, but but Shea got revenge there against Herb Jones and, and a couple of other matchups. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great point and and good call out on on Anthony Edwards' acting. He was so good at trash talking in that movie. Like I don't know how much of that was acting and how much I'm gonna have to pay attention now more to his trash talking on the court because he's. He played that pretty well. Great improv actor, Anthony Edwards. But yeah, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And I remember Mark Jackson said this about when Seth Curry was guarding Steph in the conference finals for the Blazers. He's like, yeah, if you let me guard anyone for 20 years in a row, I'm going to be pretty good at it. That that usually helps. And then Shea also, that's the one where he got the black eye in that game. Oh, that's right. That's right, he did. So he might be coming out for a little bit more thirsty as well. I think the whole Thunder team, honestly, will probably have a little bit chip on their shoulder. Uh, you remember who knocked you out. The that Thunder team last year very much wanted to make the playoffs. Like, I know Thunder fans wanted them to make the playoffs. 
that Thunder squad really wanted yeah. to make the playoffs. They like tasted that postseason, you know, just a taste of it. And and to get knocked out like that, I I I know this team is is you know kind of highlighting that Minnesota matchup personally. I didn't want to do another group play game, but it's one of the teams in the Thunder's group, the Sacramento Kings at the Kings on December 14th. The Thunder went 0-3 against the Beam team in 22-23, average margin of victory of roughly 7, but they all felt really close other than that one where Fox went off for like 33 in Oklahoma City against the Shayless Thunder. But those two teams, I know that that's something that Thunder Twitter and Kings Twitter was like, can we get a playoff matchup of that? And I don't know if I can speak for everyone, but maybe you feel differently. If I could sign up for seven games of the Kings, the Thunder, and the playoffs right now, I'd do that. Oh, absolutely. And what was fun about that matchup is, you know, you see a lot of online and, and Twitter and things like that, social media, a lot of these fan bases like, you know, buttheads, there's kind of this fun, small market underdog camaraderie between Kings fans and Thunder fans, I've noticed. So it's it's like a like a mutual respect. Hey, we're kind of on the uprise together. The Kings were the the surprise team this past year, a young team that made the leap. They're such a likable team, too, between Sabonis and Fox and those other guys. And the Thunder are the team that a lot of people are choosing to be the team that makes the leap this year, the young team that surprises and, and gets into the playoff mix possibly this year. So I like that matchup a lot. And again, measuring stick, you know, the, the team that did it last year that made that leap versus the one that's going to do it this year. Shea only played one game and it was the closest game. He had 37 points, but Shea versus Fox in the battle of like two guys from Kentucky and just completely different pace between those two where Shea is like at a snail's pace and Fox never stops. I think that's going to be really interesting. I don't know how much they'll guard each other, but it'll be it'll really be fun to watch. Yeah, two of the best young guards in the league. I, I know that we all know what Shea did last year, but Fox made a huge jump as well. And and he's got the accolades that that came with that. Um, and and Fox and Sabonis are such a good one-two punch. And that team scores points. I do think that Chet being on the court now, uh, again, we, we keep going back to this, but at least I do. Uh, I just feel like, his defense is such a game changer for this Thunder team. It's exactly what they've needed. Uh, and the way that they've all played drop coverage, the, there's just some things that the Kings do offensively. They scored on everybody, like the best offense in the league last year. But you add in a player like Chet, and if you can hold them to, you know, five, six less points than you did last year on average, those things kind of make a big difference. And no hate to those guys, but you're literally going from the worst rim protection team in the league to with Chet like at a minimum, is he going to be top 15 as a rim protector? I'd probably say that. I mean, most of their rim protection was um, hoping that Jay will takes five charges in a game. So yeah. I, I think that Chet, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think you're overreacting. I think him by himself will really help them just in terms of contesting in the cup. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you're right. And, and it's no, you know, it's no cut to these guys. Like, Jay Will's like six nine, like yeah. he's doing what he can, but he's going against dudes that are seven foot. And it's the same when you know whether it's Jeremiah Robinson, Earl Kenrich Williams played some center last year. He's six seven on a good day. Like so, these guys were just kind of trying to play up a position or two positions in Kenrich's case uh, to go up against these these seven footers. But I mean, it's it's just a complete game changer with Chet. 
Um, and then you have J-Dub and Keegan. I know that Chet was in that draft, but I'll get to him later in a different matchup. Both those guys average around 20 to 18 points against each other as kind of like these young fours. They're young, but also older for their draft class. I think it'll be really interesting to see those guys. Yeah, that's two, you know, all rookie guys. Uh, I know that Kings fans kind of felt like Keegan was disrespected in the whole rookie of the year race. Like Paulo got all the acclaim. Then it was like J-Dub and Walker Kessler, like in this next group. And then Keegan seemed to kind of be lumped in with that next group with like Jaden Ivy and and those guys. Uh, Keegan Murray is a really, really – he started and played really well and shot really well from three on, you know, a top four seed as a rookie. That's impressive. And then doing it against the Warriors where you're not getting benched. We've seen much higher caliber players who have played a lot longer get benched in some of those series against the Warriors. And to do it as a rookie against seven games and play effectively I think is super, super impressive. Yeah, absolutely. He was one of the most NBA ready rookies and it was fun to see that translate. Uh, you know, and he's got his his brother coming in this season as well. So it'll be fun to watch, you know, the Murray brothers as much as the Thompson brothers get talked about. Those mother those Murray brothers can can hoop too. Definitely. And then Chet versus one of the most unique offensive bigs and a fellow Gonzaga Zag and Demonis Sabonis. Sabonis averaged 18, 14, and 10. Um and he was 70, 50 from three, one of two, so not really, and then 79 from the line. But just, I think that's going to be another great matchup and kind of test for Chet early. Yeah, well, because you're right. He's such a unique player and a different kind of center. Um, Chet's going to, you know, especially, you know, in the West, there's so many different bigs that Chet's going to have to go up against that have such different skill sets. That's what's nice about Chet is he can play outside, he can play inside, he's a defender, but he can move laterally and he's pretty quick for his size. He's got the link. So not only defensively do I think that he matches up with with a number of different versatile type of centers like Sonnen, but on the offensive end, what he's going to have to do, you know, like he can bring these centers out or he can go down and post up and as great as Sabonis is and he's he's really, really good. Uh, you know, defense isn't his strong suit. Um, so, so I'm really curious to see how they defend Chet as well. Uh, and every time I see the Thunder play, Sabonis, uh, I just can't help but think of like this dude's piece in, in Thunder history. Like, you know, he was a part of the trade that was a part of the trade that was a part of the trade that made this entire Thunder rebuild happen and getting Shea and J-Dub and, and all these guys. Yeah, the Hall of Fame is Serge Ibaka, Paul George, Victor Oladipo, Damana Sabonis. We'll put that. That's the Mount Rushmore of this that led to this Shea generation that we have here. But yeah, yeah. Uh, love watching Sabonis. He's like a bulldog, like a bulldozer down low. And this is one of the things I think that is a misconception about Chet just because of his frame. He's not a guy who's like reluctant with physicality. He wants to get down and dirty down there and like fight some guys. Yes, absolutely. Everybody just sees, you know, how thin he is. And they make the jokes. They get the jokes off. I get it. But, man, if you actually watch him play – and this isn't just us saying this. Like every NBA player that is hooped with Chet, that's their takeaway. They're like, yeah, he's talented. Yeah, the dude can hoop. Yeah, he's got skills. But they all go back to this one thing. They're all like, the dude is tough. The dude plays hard. Like he is – he will uh, he will throw his entire 190 pounds around. Every single pound that he has, he's throwing it around down low. He's not afraid uh, to battle down low. And, and I think that's why these NBA players respect him so much. 
and he's talking trash while doing it. And you've been doing this longer than I have. But the guys like Kevin Durant, top of the league, Victor Oladipo, the guys who have been complimenting him, they don't just hand those out usually. And I think that's a really good sign when you have some of them kind of putting the rubber stamp on Chet this early. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's so many big names that have been saying it, like you said. And and for them to respect a dude, like they, they talk in a manner of respect yeah. about him. Like they respect this game. The dude hasn't even stepped foot onto an NBA court, but they see him up close. Like Katie's been in numerous rounds now with Chet. I mean, I know the clip's going around right now. He scored 31 points against Katie's team. Like Katie was matched up against him most of the time. They were defending each other. Now, this is kind of glorified pickup. They're not playing, you know, the best defense. Nobody wants to get hurt. That's the most important thing. Uh, but all these dudes come away really impressed with Chet. Well, I think we saved the best for last. I think we both have the last game here. Chet versus Wimby, number one. That's going to be on national TV. This is going to be the first TNT home game for the Thunder since Russell Westbrook's return game. Just It's been a that's, while. That has been a while. That is crazy. But, I mean, it makes sense. Uh yeah, this this was easily number one. I figured we both had it. Um, it's going to be fun in a lot of different reasons. But I mean, y- you can go into the history of the Thunder and Spurs, how they were, you know, the two most dominant, you know, teams of, of the decade, you know, along with the Warriors and the Heat. Um, you can go into Sam Presti's history with the Spurs. We could talk about all those things, but this just comes down to Chet versus Wimby. And, you know, Thunder fans and Spurs fans were talking about it as soon as the Spurs got the number one lottery ball. It was talked about Chet versus Wimby, Chet versus Wimby. Um, but the NBA is all in on this as well. Obviously putting this, you know, this is the Spurs team that was really bad last year. This is a Thunder team who had one nationally televised game preseason uh, last year, and it got bumped because Chet wasn't playing. Now they're on national TV twice. Uh, so, yeah, Adam Silver's as excited about Chip versus Wimby as the rest of us are. It's just it's going to be like Godzilla versus like King Kong watching these guys play against each other. Just these giant titans, even though they're super skinny. But this feels like I, I'm trying not to hype it up too much where I'm like making Chet set up to fail. But this feels like one of the things like a future of the NBA type of deal. That's exactly what it feels like. I mean, I mean, really. Yeah, the unicorn term has been thrown around so much, it's kind of lost its luster and it's kind of lost all its meaning. But I think that if you were to peg two true unicorns of the past several years coming out of the drafts, you would look at Wimby and Chet. I mean, these dudes, what they can do at 7-1 and 7-4 is just absolutely ridiculous. And And I think that the NBA knows what its product is. Like they are well versed in what their product is. So for them to handpick this game to put on TNT this early in the season, and then go on and put it on ESPN again later on in the season, it's very apparent that they're like, okay, this is the future. These dudes, let's see the matchup against each other. And it's cool. I mean, they proclaim them rivals officially. Like they, they have like rivals week or whatever, and they have OKC versus San Antonio. So, so they're all bought into this matchup. I was going to mention that. Yeah, they've, they're already rivals. They've never played against each other in the NBA already there. I also want to put out that Adam Silver needs to put something to Mark and pop and just say, these guys have to guard each other. I don't want to see Zach Collins on Chet. I don't want to see J-Dub or J-Will on Victor. 
when these guys play, they need to guard each other. That uh, some type of mandate. Yes, absolutely. It, it's like you know, obviously not on this level, um, but you know, the whenever LeBron and Kobe would play mm-hmm. against each other, like the whole game, like everybody's like, "Oh, come on, just guard each other." And then when they would, there's like an audible feeling in the arena, and you can see it on TV. You can just feel it. Everybody, the anticipation, just because you want to see these dudes go at each other. And you know they're both rookies, they're both unproven, but everybody wants to see Chet Holmgren versus Victor Wembanyama. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, with Victor being one of the best young rim protectors out there, going against a guy like Shea who leads the league in drives, I think that's going to be super interesting. Some of the weirder bodies out there with just length and just versatility and touch and timing. I think that'll be fun to see them kind of battle down low. No, you're absolutely right, and. And good timing for SGA going up against Wimby. Now he actually has some outlets to to pass to when he when he drives and kicks. You know the Thunder haven't had a lot of shooters around him, but Jada, the way that he finished the second half of the season shooting, I completely believe in Jada. Shot Chet shot nearly forty percent from three. Obviously, everybody's going to respect his shot. So now Shea's got some options. Micic, when he's on the floor with him, maybe Wallace some as well. He's got some more shooters around him this season. So the Thunder are going to be a little bit more dangerous on offense, and and that will help against a guy like Wimby. Don't get me wrong, I'm looking for this game more than anything, but almost as much, I'm looking forward to the TNT halftime and postgame crew talking about the Thunder. Number one, how will Chuck and Shaq butcher Mark Dagnalt's name? Dude, I tweet. That's so funny. Uh, I tweeted out once it was announced that this was a national game. I was like, Charles Barkley is going to have to try to pronounce Victor Wimbanyana, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Alexei Pokacheski. Uh, I almost butchered it. I've said it a million times. Usman Jang and Mark Dagnall all on the same. And night. the Jalen like, Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and keep the Jalen Williams straight. It that alone is worth tuning into. Definitely. And then just on top of that, I want to know what they they love Shea. Obviously, they've talked about that before, but watching the, I know they watch a lot of games. I don't think they watch the games of teams usually who aren't on national TV a ton. But what do they think about um, Jada? What do they think about Giddy? I know that Shaq is going to be really hard on uh, Chet as he's kind of like the polar opposite of him as a big man. But I'm really excited to see just their opinions of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, you know, Shea Star has been on the rise the last few years and him making all NBA. He's got that respect. Um, but yeah, their, their thoughts on this young Thunder team uh, will be a lot of fun because that's how you, you know, you grow respect. You get eyes on you on these national TV games. You get the big analysts and the, the big names talking about you. You get them talking about your team and that's kind of how it builds. And there's been this buzz about this Thunder team growing for, you know, over this past season and going into the season, it's building more and more, obviously, but, but that's how it really, really picks up is, is these national TV games. This is very, very big for this Thunder team to, to get this many national TV games. Yeah. And the TNT crew, their word isn't law, but just their perspective, I think is incredibly unique and important and just not something you hear from a lot of broadcasts. So I think that'll be really cool. And then if we can get somehow just force a good Poku game where those guys think that's what he is all the time, I, I need that so badly. Where Shaq can be like, I don't know why they're not building around this guy. Like he's incredible. It could happen. 
I mean, what is she like over 37% from three last year? Yeah, something like that. Like a block and a half per game. Like he was playing pretty well before he got injured. Obviously he got injured, missed a lot of the season, came back, and he just wasn't himself. This is such a big year for Poku. I would love, absolutely love to see Poku shine on national TV. That That would be incredible. That'd be like the cherry on top. You're right. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on with me. Can you plug anything that you have going on? I know you're doing a lot of work all throughout the summer and up until the season starts. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on, Michael. This was a lot of fun. I think that ending it on Poku is just a perfect note. Well done on you doing that. Seeing like, oh, we can't top this. Perfect time to end it. Uh, no, just dailythunder.com. Uh, like you said, KREF and the Franchise Radio is, is where you'll see most of my stuff. And then on Twitter at Brandon Rebar. One of the best follows on Twitter. I don't know how you do it. You can just uh, tweet out a picture of yourself and it'll get a thousand likes. I don't know how you do it. It's there's something going on in the algorithm, but one of the best follows on Twitter, one of the best on the Thunderbeat. Thank you very, very much, Michael. I appreciate that. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you all for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate us five stars on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts at ThunderBudPod on Twitter. And we'll be back again for more Thunder Talk on Tuesday. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.